<laughs> it's just pretty good, isn't it? I'm telling you, I just love it. We'll go out there again um, probably in a couple of weeks. If you want to come with us, I'll let you know when we're going. It's a lot of joy just to, to see Fred doing what he likes to do. And um, he's got a great purpose in life. It, whatever it is, he's going to sing some songs for us. Amen? I told him next time uh, we want to sing uh, VBS songs. You know? Okay? So, him, and, him and Bruce had quite a ministry. You should hear him talk about it. Let's, um, let's look at God's Word today as we get ready to it. Um, but I wanted to share with you um, this whole thing of intentional practice. And uh, what I'm going to talk to you about this morning is called um, um, com- uh, contemplation, meditation, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, in the busyness of our life, you know it more than I do. Um, uh, we are all uh, neglect uh, our connection with God because we don't take time to contemplate who He is. Um, and drawing near to Him is our, our desire. It should be our desire and want to be our desire. But I want to I share with you that drawing closer to God just doesn't happen because we do this or that. We come to church, we give whatever it is you know, we're doing. Um, um, it's intentional. I want you to grab a hold of this word this morning. Um, two words. It's intentional practice that we need to do and, and grab a hold of. Um, it's, it's amazing to me that um, um, we don't do it more often than we think. Um, and, and it's, it's um, because um, we're too busy. Amen? We just don't make time. We don't make time. There's things we don't make time for in our lives today. Um, <coughs> and you're not going to believe this, but my computer screen's froze up, so that's good. <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding you. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's only eight, nine thirty. Praise God. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Oh shoot. Um, it'll come around. I just know it. Uh, <laughs> One of the major issues, that, well, I'll just go by, oh, you're in a lot of trouble. I won't use my notes. That means I'm gone. <laughs> One of the major issues we have in life and in our struggles is that we're too busy to be who we want to be. We, um, we are flying by the seat of our pants. And we never take time to stop and even think about things with our families, um, with our, our people we work with, um, with everybody. We're, um, we're strained at everything that we do. And, um, and it's impossible for us to, to grab a hold of it and, and, um, and, and see what's going on. And, and in life, we need to um, <laughs> do what we can to grab a hold of things better than we do. And I'm going to try to help us this morning figure out how to, comp- uh, to take this... this um, um, meditation, this um, contemplation, and, and put it active in our lives and see if we can't do it. Well, I'll tell you a story why that's unfreezing. One time we were in New Jersey at the, um, a mission trip for Hurricane Sandy. Do you remember that? Hurricane Sandy. We went there 24 times for that, uh, for that um, um, recovery there. And um, one night, w- there was people that I called 
that I would always call. There was about 12 people that I could call and say, hey, can you go on a trip tomorrow? And they would all go with me. And the biggest I took there was 72 people, but I'll never do that again. That was crazy. And um, uh, there was all kinds of people there. And uh, there was some uh, Baptists and a lot, uh, United Methodists and, and, and two Quakers, a couple. And Larry and his wife always, he just told me, he said, anytime you go someplace, you just call me. We will go. He was retired. And I don't know if you know about the Quaker religion too much, but he was a solid Quaker, went to um, uh, a church in Pennsylvania. He lived in this side of Wheeling. And he went to a church in Pennsylvania to a Quaker church there. But they do things a little bit different. And all of our friends that had been on these mission trips with us understood that when I asked him to pray, they knew it was going to be different. Okay? Because Quakers pray different. They don't pray like we do. So one night I asked him to pray. Before the service, I would always ask somebody. uh, Every night we'd have a a time of uh, prayer and sharing. And uh, I asked him, um, somebody before the service would start, if they would pray. And I asked him if he would pray, and he said, oh, I'd love to. So he got up and started praying. He said, let's go to the throne of God. And then he didn't say a word. (laughs) There was a lady there with us. Ruth came up to me, because we all had our heads bowed, praying, Ruth came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder. This was about 30 seconds after he started praying. And she said, I don't think he heard you. <laughs> I had to, I had to uh, while everybody else was praying, I said, no, Ruth, he heard me. We're praying, honey. Oh. Oh, and she went over and sat down. <laughs> so uh, it was about 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes later. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, 20, 25 minutes later, he said, he said, Lord God, we surrender all this to you. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, she got up and she said, after I finally figured out what was going on, that was the best prayer time I've ever had. And everybody would always say that. They would always ask me to have him pray at least once a week, once a, a trip, so that we could uh, have that time of asking asking for prayers in a different way. Times like that draws, draws attention to the place it should be drawn to, to the challenge for us to be still and to calm our hearts down and, and to contemplate and to um, um, have a prayerful time of, of being alone and, and calm down. And, um, and in this pandemic time, I think we've had that a lot more than usual. At least I hope it's a byproduct of who we are and what we're about. It's a, it's a hard thing to um, be still and be quiet. Uh, I, 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 I don't know about you, but I can't even do that when I'm sleeping. And Phyllis Ann's been telling me, you know, you're talking a lot in your sleep here lately. I said, well, it's not my fault. I don't know who I'm talking to, but she doesn't either. And then she feeds it because she talks to me as she goes along with it. <laughs> you imagine she has a conversation with me while I'm sleeping. I'm telling you. You guys think she's a nice, calm lady, but she's not. 
She's not. Let me, let me just throw this story in real quick. When I worked at Temkin, we were in a habit. You know how you get into a habit of doing things? I had to be at work at, at 8 o'clock. I lived five minutes from the front gate to Temkin. So I, I, left, I, I would get up at 7.30, get ready and go to work, at, leave at, at quarter eight. One time I, I would go into the bathroom at 7.30. One time I went in there. She had been hiding in the closet for over half an hour, <laughs> waiting for me to come in. She jumped out at me, <laughs> and I'm laying down between the toilet and bathroom and said, one of these days you're just going to give me a heart attack and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's that calm lady back there. <laughs> Talks with me in my sleep, I'm telling you. Well, this contemplation, um, I I just want to share with you, um, we all do it one way or another. And it's in our scripture today that that, um, is one of the the most encouraging scriptures that I like. It's filled with with, um, the thought of who we are. Um, Let's go to that, that, Fred. Um, it's very early in the morning. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Oh, Fred, I'm on the scripture, buddy. There you go. Thank you. Very early, in, uh, 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 we'll read this one. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus, that's why. <laughs> Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. This is the word of God, isn't it, for all of his people. Thanks be to God. Now we hear this very early in the morning while it was still dark. Jesus got up, left his house, and went to a solitary place where he wanted to do nothing more than pray. Now I I have questions about that. Did Jesus sit there in silence? You know? Uh, I mean, he's talking to his dad. Did 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 he sing a song, perhaps, that nobody else knows? Maybe he read a psalm. Back in those days, that was a big thing. I think he probably brought a laundry list, just like we do. A laundry list of things that have to be taken care of. And probably at the top of them was Peter. You know, (laughs) you got to do something with Peter, Lord. I'm not kidding you. The guy's driving me crazy. And then there's Thomas. He won't believe a thing I say. He doesn't believe a thing I do. You know, I, I think he might have taken all that stuff with him, but we don't know. We have no idea, but when I think about uh, Jesus, I think about him taking time away all the time. You have to read the the word very closely, and you'll see that he was doing this, always looking for a place to have some contemplation, some meditation, some time of stillness, some time of of just getting connected with his his father again because so many things was happening. I mean, among us, who... Who of us would ever say we don't want to have a powerful and purposeful prayer life in our lives? We would always like that. All of us would like to have that. Um, who of us would not want to say that we, we would want a fullness of our relationship with Christ and, and experience that power even more? Listen to Richard Foster. Richard Foster's the guru on prayer. He says, when we pray, genuinely pray. He says, the real condition of our heart is revealed, and that is it should be. This is when God truly begins to work with us. And he says, if we start doing it, if we start intentionally practicing this, this," he said, the adventure just begins. 
because it does nothing but take a great ride from then on. Think about it. Prayer being an essential part of our lives. Think about the extent, more than anything, that we're invited to come to prayer. He says to us, come, please come. I want you to come and ask me the things you're going to ask. I already know it, but come and ask me anyways. He wants us to come into his presence in a regular bra- uh, um, uh, in a, on a regular basis of time. Um, the creator of the universe says that to us. Oh my goodness. I was sitting in my office one time and my, my friend Bubba, Ron he- Pastor Ron Heasley, was there and, and we were talking about books uh, in our library and we had lots of physical books at the time and and we were talking about prayer and the lack of it and the struggle of it and being a, a pastor and being with friends and everything. And he said to me, you know, he says, I got 18 books on prayer. I said, really, you have 18 books on prayer? He said, yeah. So we looked at my library. I said, you start on that side, I'll start on this side. And we'll come and meet in the, mir- in the middle and see how many books I've got. Because I didn't know how many books I had at the time. I had 28. Books on how to pray. And I'd read all of them. He'd read all of his. I probably have 40 today. Not in physical form. On the internet, you know, where it's out there in the cloud someplace. All those books on prayer. And Ron and I looked at each other. You know, I said to him, I said, Ron, do you think we can do something better? He said, yeah, let's quit reading and start praying. That was good advice, wasn't it? But we all want to do, be able to say the right words in our prayer. We all want to be able to make sure that we're doing it in the right position. We want to make sure, sure that everything is in place the way it is because that's the only way that God hears us. Right? Say no, please. Richard Foster says, I urge you, carry on an ongoing conversation. Ongoing. He says you should never stop. You should have an ongoing conversation with God about the daily stuff in your life. For now, don't worry about the proper praying. Just talk to God. Share your hurts, share your sorrows, share your joys freely and openly. God listens. God listens to us with compassion and love, just like we do with our cho- when our children come to us. He delights in our presence. When we do this, we will discover something of inestimable value. Now listen to this. We will discover that by praying, we learn to pray. Amen? I like that. So we quit reading and started praying. And and I think that was the day we formed a little group of eight people to do nothing. Eight pastors that were struggling and we were going to meet. And we met for, I don't know, many, many years. And all we did was get together and share our concerns and pray. We learn by doing. That's where we need to start. I want to give you this morning just a couple principles. By the way, by the way, this whole word contemplation, uh, meditation, whatever you want to use this intentional practice with, a lot of people look at us and look at me and say, you know, sometimes they'll say, no, I don't want to do any of that uh, um, uh, meditation guru stuff, you know. And I always look at them and I say, well, that's okay, we won't then. By the way, do you have anything you're worrying about? And they look at me and they say, yeah, I do have a couple things I'm worrying about. I said, well, you better quit it. 
Because that's what you're doing, meditating. Amen? You worry about things, you're doing nothing but meditating, friends. I'm sorry. Meditating on negative things. I want to meditate on things of Christ, on, on um, uh, being in Christ and, and um, not going, mm, you know, and all that craziness, but just meditating and have that personal relationship with Christ. I think if I was going to give you, I'm going to give you two things this morning, that's all. Two things, so we'll be out of here by that 12 o'clock hour. Um, it's not difficult. We make it difficult because we don't make time to do it. It's an intentional practice that we have to put in effect. And here's the things we need to do. First of all, the first thing that I think we need to do is, if you want to write this down someplace, lift up our eyes. You want to do some meditation? Lift up your eyes. Listen to it. It's in Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. When I say that, lift up your eyes. Literally, we just need to quit doing what we're doing. We need to quit doing what we're doing and and take a break and say, Oh, I need to refocus. I need to refocus. I need to get myself back into, into a relationship that I should have instead of doing this all on my own because when we get so busy, we forget who we're doing what we're doing for. It's a big saying, you know, some people that we know as Christians are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. You ever hear that? Anybody ever hear that? No? That's a great statement. We get, we get so um, heavenly minded that we just are focused up there that God can't even use us down here where we're at now because we're not concerned about down here. We're concerned about up there. And we need to step back and lift our eyes up and say, Oh, okay, Lord, I'm, I messed up here, didn't I? I messed up terribly. I, 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 had, I thought I was doing all this good stuff, but I forgot to take you with me because I was doing it. And you can, whatever that is, whether it's your job or your family or, or a ministry or, or um, um, doing something crazy, it doesn't matter. If you're doing it and you're out there and you're, you, you think you're the only one around doing it, then you've got a big problem. I don't know if you know the name Bill Hybels or not, but he's a great pastor, a tremendous pastor. Started a ministry in Chicago called Willow Creek and raised it up to a couple million people being in that church. And um, years later, after he was um, in that church and the church was growing and growing and growing and doing a great ministry, um, like every church, it started to dwindle a little bit. And Bill Hybels wrote a book. And the book was nothing more than an apology to the Christian nation. And the book was Too Busy to Pray. Anybody ever read it? If you haven't read that book, it's a tremendous book. Tremendous book. Too Busy to Pray. And in that book he said what happened was he lost sight of ministry. When he started that ministry there, he was reaching out to the community, to those who were lost. And by the time that it was over, he wasn't reaching out to anybody, he said. All he was trying to do was make the numbers bigger. And he apologized to the church and said, I'm sorry for that. And I lost sight of the vision that God had called me to because he got so heavenly bound that he was no earthly good anymore. And he knew that and said that too many times. We need to stop in what we're doing, friends. Take a look at God and ask him if we're right where we're supposed to be. He's watching over us, if you don't know that. Here's a scripture, it's in Psalm 121 again. And then verse 7 and 8 of that chapter. 
He says, the Lord, I will keep you from all harm. I'll watch over your life. I'll watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I find this reality that he's with me extremely comforting because no matter what I'm doing, he's there with me. If you have to, there's a qualifier, if we allow him, amen? If we allow him to do it, um, he is there with us. And, and um, it's, it's difficult if we don't intentionally practice letting him be with us. We have to stop and lift our eyes up and say, oh my. The way I do it, let me give you two ways that I do it. I, I stop and take a walk. I don't take a big walk. <laughs> I should take a bigger walk. I should walk with the ladies but then I'd be doing something else. I stop and take a walk. I stop and go move from one chair to the other chair sometimes just to get out of where I'm at. I'll tell you how difficult it is. I, I go into the office that we have there at the Parsonage, and I go in there at, at uh, 8.30 sometimes, and I come out at 1.30 in the morning, and I'm thinking, oh, is it that late already? You guys ever do that? get caught up in something and can't get out of it and, and then all of a sudden you're thinking oh I, I guess I better go to bed I gotta get up at 6 you know it, it's just crazy and so I just get up I get up and move I'll come out and sit down with Phyllis Ann for a while I should take a walk though in all honesty I should take a walk I think that would help me a little bit more just to get away and the idea is to get away from what you're doing and refocus your time it's sort of like Lent it's, it's um, Lent, is, we're all giving up things. Well, that's really good, but if you're not feeling what you're giving up with Christ and prayer or reading or, or doing some service or some sacrifice, whatever you're doing, it doesn't mean too much. So I need to move from one place to the other place, but I need to take a walk and say, okay, God, sorry about that. I'm sorry, to, uh, you know, I, I, I take 14 steps up to the bedroom and say, Okay, I'm, I'll see you in the morning. Because I'm passed out at that point. Before I, hit the, before I hit the bed, I'm gone. That's why Phyllis Ann can talk to me. Jesus did that. Listen to it. We should take what he did. He took a walk. Many, many times. You need to see it in the Gospels. And he refocused his life. And honestly, I don't think he took a list of, Hey, Dad, you've got to some time to take care of these things. I think he went away to just refocus his life on who he was and what he was about. Not only take a walk, but when I say lift up your eyes, we need to take some time just to stop. That's where I think I have my problem. I don't know if you have your problem there or not. But just to literally just to stop doing it. When we, go, when we would go on vacation, uh, our, we had this little game that we played. I would we would pack, be packing up to go and I would be packing up all these books to read while we were gone. Right? And my kids would be taking all the books out. And I'd keep putting other books in and they'd put them out. Phyllis Ann say, you know, we're, we're going on vacation. We're not going for you to work someplace else. And now, aren't we there? I hope I'm not the only one, please. Schedule time. You need to read Matthew chapter 22. And there you see that Jesus scheduled a time. In that verse, it says, 
when they got to Gethsemane, he went to Gethsemane as was his habit. Did you get that? So he had a habit of stopping. He had a, he had a habit of going away. He intentionally practiced getting away from everybody. And then he had this habit where he would stop everything and go to a quiet place and just be with his father. And that was, you know, his time before the crucifixion that he went there. That's just my ideas. You can do uh, tons of things if you just think about it, you know, to find that peace. Um, to find that place in your life where you can have that calmness. But we have to lift up our eyes. And the reason I say lift up our eyes is because we've got to quit doing whatever we're doing and lift our eyes up to him and take some time with him. Amen? And then the other one that I want to share with you is just practice some stillness in our lives. Regular times of stillness and quiet time are incredible. Um, I've been to a monastery probably a dozen times just to go and be still with these monks. And I actually went to a nunnery three times and uh, was there to be with them and just be still. <laughs> they, uh, we were, you know, I went to Cuba 11 times on mission trips and and um, we would have eight to ten people would go with us. And, and we lived in this real hot, nice house in this little village called Matanza, in Matanza province, uh, north of, north of um, Cuba, uh, Havana. It was about a three-day ride north, but it, it seemed like that. But, oh, my, it was terrible driving. And um, one morning, the um, leader that was there, the, we always give, gave a different person to be the leader of the spiritual times, he asked me before, before the service started, he said, hey, will you pray today? And I said, yes. Yes, that would really be good. And I was, I was thinking this whole thing that we were extremely busy. We were extremely busy going out and doing all this um, work. with the, We were doing um, um, vacation Bible schools <laughs> with these kids and then teaching the, some of the adults and everything. And it was, just, it was just insane how busy we were and how exhausted we were. So that morning I said, you know, we need to take some time today and be still. Before we start out our day, let's just be still before God. And in this prayer time, I'm, not, I'm just going to open the prayer and close the prayer. And let's just be still. Okay? Good idea, isn't it? Great idea. So I said, dear Lord, be with us in the stillness of this time. And I had 15 minutes laid aside. That's what I was allowed to have. So I said, we'll be still. And I told everybody, we'll be still for 15 minutes. When I said, when I said, Lord, we're going to be still for this 15 minutes and hear you speak to us, we're just, just be with us in this prayer time, we were on a porch. Real nice porch, and the ocean was right over there. So we had the noise of the ocean coming in and everything, you know. And in, in Cuba, by the way, if you don't know this, if you ever go there, in the daytime, if you see a dog sleeping... You kick it. Because you don't want that dog sleeping. Because they're up all night. They have gang wars. They have gang wars all night long. You can hear them, you know, fighting all over the place. So every time we'd go by a dog, we'd kick it. Not hard, you know, just wake it up. Well, there's dogs all around us, sleeping. And there's chickens all around us. And as soon as I said, in this quietness of this time, be with us, this chicken outside that porch, right over the porch, started laying a square egg. Did anybody ever hear that? 
hear a chicken laying a square egg? And it was already hard. It wasn't soft. And that chicken, for the next 15 minutes, tried to lay that egg. Screaming. Screaming. The whole time, screaming like a, a banshee with its head cut off. It was nuts. And we sat there. I didn't, I didn't say a word. We sat there, and finally that chicken let that egg go. And I said, in Christ's name do we pray. <laughs> Amen. It was nuts. A guy came up to me afterwards and he said, you know, that was the best prayer time I've ever had. (laughs) I said, gee, Steve, that was good, wasn't it? Because it caused us to focus more than we even wanted to. If you were going to get any time in that, you had to to, um, pay attention to what you were doing. Today, we have a hard time spending a minute in prayer. I won't, I won't do it to you. I was thinking about doing it, but I won't do it. I was, I, one time I was at a uh, retreat, and I just asked everybody to stand up, and they stood up, and I said, okay, close your eyes, and let's pray for a minute. When you're done praying for a minute, sit down. Ten seconds in, people were sitting down, you know. I think the longest it was, was about 20 seconds. 20 seconds. And everybody, everybody looked around. I said, okay, everybody look around. And everybody's sitting down. 20, 30 people... And I said, guess what time it was when you sat down? And everybody said, a minute. I said, no, it was 20 seconds. We can't, we can't, I, I mean, try it at home. Put a timer on. Don't put one of those egg timers on so that you know that it dings. You don't want to cheat. Put a timer on and see if you can make it for a minute. And then if you can, make it two minutes. And then if you can, you know, keep doing that. Keep doing that. We need to, we need to do Uh, more than we can ever imagine to practice that stillness in our lives. Practice that. It's important. Uh, Psalm 46.10 says, Be still. Be still and know that I'm God. It doesn't ask us if you've got a chance. If you've got a chance, you know, be quiet. No, it says be still. It's a command. In Psalm 62, it says, God alone waits for me in the silence. Be still. From him who gives us our salvation. Oh my. What is it about this, this practice, intentional practice that I'm saying to you today that's so valuable? Why do we need to do it? Why is, is um, that silence actually sacred? Well, you need to write down the scripture. First Kings. 1 Kings chapter 19, if you want to see why it's sacred, I think, you need to listen to that. Elijah's having a pity party, if you know the scripture at all. He's having a pity party. He's the only one that knows God. He's the only one left in the world. Left in the world. God comes to him and says, Elijah, what are you doing? And you know what Elijah does? He gives him all these things that he's doing, and he said, and then on top of it, I'm the only one that's around, and they're, con- they're going to kill me next. Do you remember the story? And God says, get up in the mountain and quit fooling around. Go be still someplace. So he goes there and God says to him, okay, come to the mouth of this cave. I want to show you something. Remember the story? A powerful wind comes through and destroys everything. But the Lord was not in the wind. And then an earthquake came, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And then a fire came. Everything that uh, Elijah was doing, 
You know, being big-winded, having earthquake time, having that, that fire and brimstone, everything that Elijah was doing, the Lord wasn't in it. And then there was this calm, still voice. He came. And that voice was there, and Elijah looked around, and he said, Oh, my. And you know what the Lord, that still, small voice, did? As Elijah listened closely, it asked him the same question he asked him before. Elijah, what, what are you doing here? And you know what Elijah said? I'm doing the same stupid thing I've been doing all along. All these people, I'm trying to get them all saved, and they're going to kill me next. I'm the only one. And the Lord said, no, you're not, you dummy. I got 7,000 people over here. I need you to get over there and help them. And he gave him a purpose other than what he thought he was doing. You see, in that still small voice, God talks to us and tells us what he wants us to do. And if we're not practicing, intentionally practicing, contemplation, meditation, and trying to lift up our eyes and trying to practice to have that stillness in our lives so he can speak to us, guess what? He won't. In the, in the chaos of all the wind at work, he won't do it. You can't hear him. In the, in the earthquakes of being at home with your family, if you're trying to do all, you know the earthquakes that happen there. It's hard to hear his voice there. And the fire that's going on in all of our lives. He's not there, friends. We can't hear him. He's there, but we can't hear him. But when we calm down, when we calm down, we find that the Lord is there and he whispers to us gently what he wants us to do. What a, what a fantastic thing. He's there for us. Even in all the, you know, the wind, the, the um, earthquakes, the fire, everything that we're going through, he's there with us, but it's hard for us to hear him until we calm down and hear that gentle voice. What are you doing, Floyd? And I look at him and say, well, how long do you have? I'll tell you what I'm doing, you know. And most of it has to do with you, but I'm not listening to you. Oh, oh, do you hear that? And everything that we do, if we don't have him in, in our presence, which is not true, by the way. I focus, hopefully I focus everything on him. And uh, it's intentional intentional practice of lifting up my eyes and being in his presence. That's why Psalm 27.4 is so important to me. It reminds me to do that. So the questions I want to finish up with you this morning is, in all of your life journey, and everything that's going on, in all the hustle and the appointments, the responsibilities, um, we have to ask each other, are they making us a more peaceful purpose person? Are they helping us be calm and be still? Are they grind, uh, grounding us in faith? Are we, are we, with everything that we're doing that's so chaotic, is it bringing us the peace that we need? And probably for most of us, we'd say no. Amen? Are you all with me? We're honest with each other. The chaos that we're walking through every day doesn't bring too much peace. That's why we need to lift up our eyes. That's why we need to practice sometimes. Do the same things that Jesus did. Let me give you one last verse. It's in uh, Matthew chapter 11. 
Listen to this. Come to me. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, you know this, don't you? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what I'm talking about, intentional practice, right there. That we come to him the way that he did to his father. I think some, uh, somehow I need to do this. I need to set up my phone, although I don't look at my phone, so I need to do something else, I guess. <laughs> uh, um, I need to set some kind of a, a reminder for me not to be in one place for an hour. You know, you should take a break after an hour, wouldn't you think? To take a break and lift up your eyes and practice them being in the presence. I should set my timer. Um, maybe better than that, you know, they always say don't eat after 6 o'clock. Maybe we should turn off all the electronic gadgets after 6. Boy, that would kill you, wouldn't it? <laughs> Woo! Jeez, um, Pete, don't do that. Listen, I, I didn't say that. Never mind. Uh, I guess, I guess whatever it is that we need to do, we should do it so that we can begin to do intentional. I hope you hear that, friends. An intentional practice to ask God to help us listen to his small voice. Amen? Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Um, I always try to make write out a prayer at the end that has to do with what we're talking about. Um, but let me make this personal again today, I think. Because I think God was talking to Floyd today. I'm not sure. Holy Father, gracious Jesus, ever-present Spirit, thanks for being with us today. But I've, as I've shared with everybody here, and not intentionally, but it did, and I hope we're saying this prayer together, that there are times, like Elijah, like many saints, that I feel distant from you. And it's because I don't spend that time. I don't lift up my eyes. I don't take that time to, to be present with you. So I, I pray today that you would help me and help us. Help us carve out the days that lie ahead, especially up to this Easter season, a time, a time, a necessary time in my life to even develop our relationship more, that it would become even more deep and abiding. Give me, give us, give us an, an intentional practice of doing that this week and this, this month and this lifetime. Give us an intentional practice to lift up our eyes and to find that time with you so that we could make you even more powerful in our lives, more present in our lives, so that we would be able to share you even more with people you send our way.
My prayer is today, Lord, that we would seek to have that intentional practice. Help us not to just pray it. Help us not just to hear you challenge us, but help us to do it today, Lord. For your kingdom's glory that we pray this today. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, thanks for listening to this old guy. <laughs> so Fred's going to sing another song with us. It's a um, blessing, as I think it is. It's a blessing for us to leave with. Um, let's sing it with him, will you? Let's stand together.